Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. We still need to find out who exactly the hell you have to talk to to become Gritty's official sidekicks. Craig. Craig Tiberius Forsyth. Steven Jacot Jacot. That is my middle name. How did you know? <laughs> Steven, Steven, Jaco, Jaco, please lay it on me. I'm feeling a rant coming on. I have a sandwich name, and that there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong. No, Greg, there's a lot of buzz going around, and the buzz is, when did the Flyers go soft? Yeah, I've been saying it to myself every single game. When did the Philadelphia Flyers go soft? When did the Broad Street Bullies leave town? Because these Flyers, your Philadelphia Flyers, have not gotten into a fight this year. Yeah, and I, I just want to say, as a fan, I'm embarrassed. There's been some kerfuffles. I mean, there's been some scraps, but there's no been no actual fights. A lot of patty cake, in my opinion. No dropping the gloves, a lot of pushing around. Just nobody wants to man up, drop the gloves for, for this team. This is hockey, you, wanna, you yeah. pillows, soft, yeah. snuggy, wearing... Yeah, I, I'm I'm out. I, yeah, I can't yeah, anymore. I can't him. anymore. Yeah, I don't care. Him. In reality, I don't actually care. Yeah, I don't really care either. I mean, they, it's so they're one of two teams who have don't have a fighting major this season. Which uh, did you already look at the outline? Yeah, I did. Not yeah, it's the Arizona Coyotes are the yeah. other team. <laughs> but also, I mean, I do not care about it. But it is something that I think Jim Jackson cares about. Or uh, Jim Sam Jackson Carcini. loves announcing a good fight because he calls them fisticuffs and he gets yeah. very animated during it. I can, He's pretty good at him. I actually yeah. can't blame Jim Jackson for being upset at the lack of fighting. Sam, who cares? But JJ, yeah. 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 Oh! Uh, <laughs> they've also had plenty of, yeah, they've had plenty of, uh, did you say, uh, kerfuffles? kerfuffles. Uh, some, yeah, yeah, they've had they've plenty had of kerfuffles uh, out there. Scrums. Let me tell you, some scrums. They had that uh that whole thing against the Senators where Lawton tried to jump somebody, and then they had the uh, ending of the first Coyotes game. I don't know. There's been situations there where it looked like they were about to uh fight some people, but uh, they didn't, and uh, I could care less. I could not care less. They, actually, they've actually probably been on par with actual baseball fights because baseball fights are always guys come out. But this is with the exception of like Robin Ventura, but a typical baseball <laughs> fight is guys come out. They grab each other's jerseys, and that's pretty much it. They they growl a little say, bit, but that's it. That's a baseball fight. I want to say the equivalent of Nolan Ryan, Robin Ventura is Todd Fedorik, Matthew Barnaby, or Luke Richardson, Matthew Barnaby. Basically, or, anybody kind of, beating up Matthew Barnaby. I believe Eric Lindros also yeah. beat the shit 
out of Matthew Barnaby. Yes, I believe he did back in the day. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think what they should also ins- uh, institute in the league now, instead of actual fighting, uh, to make it more like baseball fights, is whenever there's a skirmish on the ice or, or like pushing and shoving, the bench is clear and they all just kind of look at each other like, "All right, everybody, take it easy. Everybody, take, everybody, count the five. Let's relax around here. Nobody's going to actually throw punches. All right, let's just cool off a little, rather than actually fighting." And then everybody gets suspended for uh, clearing the benches. Yeah. Actually, I just had a thought. So you know how in baseball, like a typical baseball fight will start because a guy will either get hit with a pitch or like the the funniest one is when a pitch gets thrown behind a guy. Mm -hmm. Pitch gets thrown behind a guy and it's like, you know what? I've had enough of this shit that I think the hockey equivalent of that is when a guy shoots the puck into the net after the whistle's blown. Oh the yeah! Guy's like whoa, 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 whoa! Not on my watch, hombre. <laughs> Which, by the way, would have been the one point in the fire season when I think David Krejci shot into the Flyers' net and nobody responded. I think that's the only time that this should have been a conversation because David Krejci should have been uh, should have been punched in the face a little bit, in my opinion, mm. for lack of better terms. But besides that, don't care. Don't care. I don't think the fighting relates to anything. Fighting doesn't mean the penalty kill is going to actually not allow a goal. Definitely or not. Unless, right now. unless they get into a fight in a clear situation where they're outmanned. Yeah. Or <laughs> if it's, not, time... it's still not going to help guys, unless you can manage to get like Ovechkin to fight. Maybe that's the secret to the PK. It's just each time a player is about to score, you just soccer punch them. I mean, you might be down like five guys on the bench by the end of the game, but no power play goals against the Sandy which... McCarthy theorem. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. The SMT. Well, yes, but... of course. The the Sandy McCarthy theorem, as proposed by Professor Sandy McCarthy back in two thousand three. You know, so in some big auditorium at UPenn right now, not just Sandy McCarthy is like drawing out numbers on the chalkboard, just trying to figure it out. Like, if you punch them hard enough, they can't score goals on the. I'll figure it out. You give me time. But, I mean, there's nothing else. Penalty Kill's not doing anything else. So, I, I guess I'm for sucker punching dudes to not let them score goals. I, it, you may as well try. Pro sucker punching dudes. If it helps the penalty kill, punch a guy in the back of the head. Am I wrong? Where am I wrong? You tell me uh, you're not wrong. I'm... You're not wrong. But uh, for the power play, uh, when somebody's about to block your shot, punch him in the face. They're probably. I mean, you might get a penalty for that too, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure. We'll cross their bridge when we get there. Are you listening, Lappy? <laughs> Punch him in yeah. the face. You got a pre- Sidney Crosby's rolling out there, about to score an easy goal on Brian Elliott. Punch him in the face. Punch him right in the face. Right in the kisser. I. I mean, we. I don't know what else to say about the penalty kill. It still sucks. I. I will say it's special very overall. Bad. Has not been good uh, because power play is starting to suck too. They are now twenty eighth in the league going into tonight's Monday's games. Thirteen point six percent. Oh for their last nine, one for their last eighteen, two for their last nineteen, which would be the start of the road trip. Uh, and the penalty kill is still bad. Thirtieth in the league at seventy point three. I think the Senators were the only team that was worse. Seventy seven point eight this week. So hey, that's that's pretty good. And a game without a power play goal against. Which is astounding, but so they're killing it five on five, but 
yeah. special teams is just just not even worth mentioning because it's so hard. No, it's it's absolutely worth mentioning because it's so bad, and the team could be doing even better if they would either keep the puck out of the damn net on the penalty kill or be able to take advantage of the numerous power plays they're getting. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, I, I mean, we've been used to the power play being fine and the penalty kill sucking. We can't have them both suck because the Flyers team, they're fine at 5-on-5, five five, but they're not really blowing the doors off either. If this was a top five possession team, you might be able to get by with those uh, special teams and units sucking. But I think they're I think like 17th and Corsi 4% right now. Like they're, they're barely inside the top 20 in all the major stats, I think. Uh, and that the uh, what was it? They've allowed a special teams goal against in 15 of the 18 games, and they've allowed a power play goal against in 14 of the 18 games. So they're uh, doing pretty good, down man. And the, I mean, it's going great. Yeah, and everybody the wants to bury awesome. Lappy. Uh, the goalies yeah. love playing behind this defense on the penalty kill. <laughs> I mean, the, everyone wants to bury Lappy, and we talked about it, I think, last week, and uh, they they brought up on DSA Radio this week. Knobloch's not really knocking out of the park either. I know they've tried, they're switching up a little bit. They've tried different units here. And it's looked all right, but uh, nobody's putting it in the back of the net. And I think what they should do is just realize what other teams are doing to them on the penalty kill. And then they utilize that on their own penalty kill. Like that might help them. It's like, just hey, crazy enough power. to work. <laughs> we haven't scored a power play goal forever. What are other teams doing to us? It, Let's try that. It's almost like you can get ideas for how to make your team better by observing successful teams. Uh, almost. Almost. You know, okay, so the fighting, embarrassing. Like, it's Philadelphia. This isn't, I don't know. Some... This isn't a tea party. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, throw, throw your hands. Punch another guy in the face. You know what I mean? It's important. That's how you win hockey games. That was the number one hit written by uh, Dave Schultz, right, back in 1978. Throw up your hands. Throw a punch. <laughs> yeah, that was his hit on the B side of uh, Get Me Out of the Penalty Box, wherever that stupid song is. <laughs> <laughs> Put my love in the sin bin, baby, or whatever that was. Uh, the, the other big stat that everybody's been harping on, and I couldn't agree more with, is the Flyers are second in the league in face-off percentage, and yet they still are struggling to win some games here. I always chalked face-off percentage up as being the most important thing to winning games. Maybe more important than scoring goals. And here we are with the Flyers, second in the league, and they're they're they got nine wins in eighteen games. I mean, what is wrong with this franchise? You know what I mean? <laughs> you get it. You, you you understand. You know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. Uh, you know what? Okay. Thank you. It's nice that they're winning faceoffs. I'll say that it is. It's actually very I really nice don't that, care. I know you don't care, but I mean, it's yeah, it's I mean, nice that they're winning faceoffs. Uh, if anything, I just think it speaks to the Flyers not really taking advantage of a lot of taking, opportunities. Like, yeah, controlling the puck, controlling control the puck. play. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's think about the Flyers' goals. Right, a lot of their goals come on like fast breaks or point shots. Really. Glad you mentioned that. Glad you mentioned that, Stephen. Well, actually, uh, I don't think a single goal was scored from the point this week. There were wow. 11 goals. Wow, indeed. Wow, indeed. Yeah, they have five five against Coyotes, four Blackhawks. I like that you combined Blackhawks Owen Wilson and, and Johnny Carson there. That was good. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's Some a really neat wow. show. <laughs> five that's... goals on the rush. Oh, 
<laughs> five goals in the rush. Uh, one goal, and I'm loosely giving credit to the little high system here. The the Voracek goal to set up Goss to spear in overtime. The low high system, of course, high. refers to Dave Hackstall's uh, philosophy uh, that when they go low, we get high. There we go. Get high like, oh, never mind. Anyway. Because I got uh, high. Yeah. Because I got high. <laughs> because I got high. Not the first time of the season we've mentioned Afro Man, which is actually. And it won't be the last. A little I well, I hope it. I mean, two times in a season mentioning a <laughs> mediocre rap, R&B. Uh, good times. Good times. Joke rap? That's yeah. The... Good times <laughs> good music. Times music. <laughs> so GTF, just reaching back into like 2005. Uh, that's the only low to high goal I have uh, marked this week because I, and that is what, Hextall system is. And again, that was three on three in overtime, and that was after Voracek did a lot of man size work to get into the zone and then fought off a bunch of defenders and Gossosphere was wide open. So what do we have for goals this week, Greg? I I got five on the rush. Uh two came from cross ice passes, Lawton's first against the Coyotes. And then the goal last night for Voracek. Uh one was offensive zone turnover, which was the Claude Drew goal, which by the way uh, I'll talk. One was an that mouse scramble, and one was an empty net goal. Gentleman's backhander. So I don't think we witnessed one this week. I think the Drew one was very close to being an unorthodox one. It was filthy. I'll say that much. It was very, it was very nice. Uh, and he did embarrass him with the backhander, and then there was a mild celebration. Not, I, I think that's what. What I'm looking for is breakaway move. Usually five hole. Puck goes a lot slower than both the, the skater and the goalie are going. Weldon goes in, and then the skater shows no reaction. So I think Derek Stepan probably had the closest one in any of the Flyers games this week when he scored a shorthanded one because he won five-hole, and it was a backhander. But I think he put a little too much uh, oomph on the backhander. There's too much effort. It wasn't, it wasn't gentleman-esque, in my opinion. So we'll, I'll do a little bit of research. I'll find one. It wasn't gentlemanly, Craig? Yeah, it was, there wasn't enough elegance and grace in it, and it wasn't proper. And I'm not, it wasn't, I'm not, I wasn't for it. So I'll, I'll find some. We had a couple last week without me having to watch highlights or anything. I'll, I'll find a couple more this week, and I will uh, point them out so we're all on the same page as to what a, a gentleman's backhander is. So while you appreciate people embracing the gentleman's backhander, I just want to critique your they, excitement. They understood exactly what the gentleman's yeah, yeah, backhander was a little better. Yeah, essentially what I'm saying is don't be dumb, and stop being dumb is my uh, is my note, note to you faithful listeners. So Yeesh. thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> no. no, I mean I described the one. I mean I'm very I'll open it up. I mean I'll, I'll count the Drew one. I can see the Drew one being a gentleman's backhander. Knew he was going to be Crawford. Very very nice move to get onto the backhand. Casually beat him, and then there wasn't an, an enthusiastic celebration. Like he knew he was gonna do it, and then he was just like, "Yeah, I scored a goal. Thanks, everybody." Like that's that that falls. I think that falls in the category. Okay. Uh, and but getting back to the the Haxall thing, none of the goals were from his offensive system, and we're not gonna make this a another uh, Dave Haxall episode. So uh, I, I just think the offensive system doesn't really, uh, you know, uh, produce a lot of offense, but. 
I think uh, right now the top two lines are on fire, especially the second line. Oh, second, second line, line looks amazing right now, and that uh, yeah. that Pat that Patrick Lindblom combination is just fantastic. It was uh, pretty nuts. Yeah, yeah. I they had a ton of chances last night. I mean, Lindblom hit the post. Voracek had the goal on the Lindblom pass. Voracek almost took the the lead, or tied up the game immediately after his goal last night too. They had a couple good chances in the first period too, but it was mainly the third period, which was kind of the memo for the whole team last night. Uh, but I real quick, I would like to posit for for Nolan Patrick and Oscar Limbaum or Limbloom, whatever the pronunciation of the week is. Uh, Nolan Bloom. <laughs> oh boy! I mean, Nolan Bloom. Maybe. <laughs> I didn't say somebody tweeted at me Sonic Bloom, which was uh, it's a pretty good one. I like Sonic Bloom. Yeah. Keep them I'm coming, still... guys. Keep them coming. Keep feeding the beast. Yeah, we got to. I think Oscar Lindblom is definitely getting a lot of names. I don't think. I mean, Nolan Patrick. What is Nolan Patrick's? Golem Patrick, I think, is the only one I've really seen. Uh, but that's really I, I don't love that. I don't love that. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it either. Uh, Rosie Cheeks. Gotta be, again, not another good nickname for a pro athlete. No, but... not, not exactly. <laughs> Tough hockey player. Look at those rosy cheeks. Yeah. Rosy Cheek sounds like a guy who definitely plays on a team that had doesn't have a fighting major yet this year. Let me just say that. Oh, yeah. I don't think yeah, that's, that's right. By the way, anybody's actual nickname. Sorry, this I was just thinking of Nolan Patrick's rosy cheeks. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about that most of the day. You know what I mean? <laughs> you just got work, a thought cloud <laughs> above your head, like you know. Oh, there's Nolan's face again, just playing that hockey. This looks like a cherub playing a harp up in a cloud. <laughs> Uh, but Patrick, I mean, Patrick's been uh, pretty damn good. I mean, I feel like it's been a lot of... Uh, Would you say he's been second overall pick in the draft? Good. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. But he, he's he, no Patterson. I, he's no Patterson. <laughs> I feel like he has... Uh, I feel like he's always in position, and he's very, he's very good at doing a lot of little stuff, right? Which is a very dumb and annoying thing to say but then also in the offensive zone him and Limblom have just been cranking up the jams and it's i think the fires have i feel like the fires have at least two legit lines right now which is a pretty big deal considering tomorrow night or today when you're listening uh jvr is expected to be back in the lineup and then on the third line you ideally have jvr scott lawton or uh, jordan, jordan wheel, wheel i guess yeah, yeah uh, jvr jordan wheel wayne simmons I was, uh, I mean, I, I hope it's Jordan Wheel because then that means uh, our boy Uri Leterra is probably out, which it sounds like, indications are it sounds like he is possibly out, which will be. What a time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's, it's really amazing what we've accomplished in this country since uh, we've all worked together to not have Uri Leterra in the lineup. It's taken a lot. We tried to frame him here. for cocaine and. <laughs> That didn't stick. We literally came to Ron Hextel with the finished cocaine ring, and he said, hey, he kills penalties, though. Not good. He kills penalties, though. He's out there on the ice. You know, still kill penalties. he's running an international <laughs> drug ring, but he's an all-star along the boards. <laughs> he's the only one that can stake that claim. And uh, for that, we thank you for your service, Yori Laterra, but uh, I'm, I can't. I honest, I forgot this to look this up, but I honestly can't remember the last time the Flyers are going to play a game without Yuri Laterra or Andrew McDonald in the lineup. 
And that's that was probably before Yuri Laterra was a flyer. Well, I mean, because well, Andrew was... McDonald had that one season where it was like the better part of a season he spent in the minors. What a time! That was a time to be alive, was... right there. That was 2015-16. So, so I mean, if that's the ago, case. I was much younger. <laughs> I didn't have and... facial hair <laughs> or life experience. Vinny LeCave was still on his team. What? That's how long ago. That's a lie. Oh, my. Okay, how about that one? He was last never time... a flyer. You're lying. That didn't happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. That's not true. Uh, That's impossible. Yeah, Pavel Kabuna wasn't here either. Yeah, you're right. Or Nick Grossman. Oh, Nick Grossman. God. I love that we have guys who were here just a couple years ago that are already obscure flyers. <laughs> yeah, like just they're already homeless and not playing in the lake. It's kind of bonkers. I can't. I mean, I'm. I still can't. I know the trade happened like six years ago, and it's not that big of a deal. But Pavel Kabuna as a Philadelphia Flyer is still pretty weird to me. I mean, I think he played two games for the Flyers overall, but it's still just a weird... Like, why make that trade? Just a bad... There's no need for that. He wasn't good. He was near the end of his career. Anyway, getting way off topic. Let's talk about Dave Haxtell. <laughs> uh, I was going to defend Dave Haxtell a little bit here. What? Uh, because wait, we... wait, wait. Hold the phone. Is this oh real God. life? No, we, gotta, we can't make a big this deal. This is a fly verbally first. Okay, we can't. Okay, again. <laughs> no, no, I'm done. This, I, I'm just amazed. That's all. Okay. Uh, he, the main defense I was going to have coming in today for him was the old hockey saying that Jeff Merrick used to love to say, and I think he still probably says it, is, show me a good goalie and I'll show you a good coach. And the Flyers, as of last week when I wrote the the poll of whether you would fire Hackstall for Joel Quinville. They have had the 27th ranked save percentage overall since Dave Hackstall took over in 2015-16. So pretty much any system he'll put in the place, uh, you know, any ideas you want to run by, it's kind of hard if your goal is going to let in a ton of goals. It also hurts your chances of winning if the penalty kill is going to continuously give up a power play goal against every single game. It makes it really hard to win. Now he has a hand in that, but at the same time, it, it I mean, there's also a PK coach who evidently, I don't know, like play sorry at practice with his play. I don't know what he does during practice. I, he, he can't be practicing. There's no way an NHL team practices as much on the penalty kill and it just doesn't get better. But uh, Brian Elliott in the last five games, his last, yeah, last five decisions. He has a 9.54 save percentage and a shutout. And the Flyers are now 5-1-1 in the last seven. So pretty decent goaltending. Won five of seven games. Again, can poke a lot of holes in those wins, but he is getting those wins. And I think he did something last night. What did he do last night? Oh, in the win against the Coyotes, he sat Laterra and rolled Sanheim Gudis out there for most of the third period when they were clearly like the best pairing for the first two periods. So he's making in-game adjustments. And if he keeps making decisions like that, they've already benched McDonald. Looks like they're benching Laterra. He seems to be feeling the hot hand in the third period with the top two lines and Sanheim and Gudis getting minutes. 
These are things we didn't see in the first couple seasons. If he keeps doing these things that we've seen in the last couple games, good. Like, that's what he needs to be doing. My opinion of him will change. Again, we're only been doing this for a couple games, and they have been getting pretty good goaltending from an unlikely source and Brian Elliott. But if he keeps doing this, I mean, players can grow. Coaches can also grow. And, I mean, he had to get used to the NHL. I don't know. I will believe in Haxtell if he keeps doing these, keeps making these decisions. Wow. Still like Joe Quinville, but. Sure. I, I just, I'm stunned, Craig. I'm stunned. No, I hear you. It, well, it, what we, we, what we have craved for so long from David Tiberius Haxtell. <laughs> <laughs> from Dave Haxtell yeah, it's everybody's middle name now <laughs> what we have craved from Dave Haxtell is logical decisions right and also yeah. playing the guys that deserve to be played as opposed to the quote unquote defensively safe choices like Dale Dale Vies and uh, and uh, Gerald Laterra. yeah and even like even now that's the thing playing Dale Weiss at this point in time is not really the craziest thing if the game is tied but it was things like in his first two seasons, the first year he's thrown out Belmar and Vandevelde when the team was down by a goal in the third period. It's like, why? These guys were literally zero offensive players. There's no way you're talking that game if you throw them out there. And then just the running the goalies into the ground and the management of Gossesphere and uh, Konechny and Patrick before the season. But, I mean, that's another thing, too. Albi Cabell would be the slam dunk choice to come out of the lineup for this game tomorrow. Oh, if easy, he's actually easy. Keep him in, yeah, like if he's actually gonna keep him in and take out Laterra, that's that's a that's a big thing that bucks the trend of everything he's done up to this point. So if he starts doing these things, great. Then he is the guy that I guess hacked the Hextall envision. And then uh, I have a little more faith in him. But again, we gotta see if uh Aubrey Cabello is actually in the lineup for tomorrow. And he we still have play. to fix the special teams. Well, yeah, the whole special teams. But it's yeah, a step, that, right? It's a step right. if he takes yeah. this step. This could all be a moot point by the time you folks are even listening to this. So just fast <laughs> forward. I'm kidding. Don't NAK. Every second is precious. <laughs> NAK. NAK did get a lot of uh, playing time in the third period last night, too. So, again, another situation where Haxel usually wouldn't play the kids, and he actually threw NAK out there. So, I, I don't know. Maybe... Uh, maybe somebody was uh, talking a little too much about Quinville or something. And he was like, oh, maybe I should just start doing good coaching things and uh, straighten this all out. I was gonna say, oh, yeah, the special teams, I mean, another thing with the special teams, Knobloch came in after him. But LaPerriere, it really is LaPerriere, because he's been here since the Bruby days. Right. And uh, I think Charlie pointed this out on the slide the other day, but Ruby was in charge of the PK before he was made the head coach. And LaPerriere's only good season, the only good season the PK has had numbers-wise with LaPerriere in charge was that 2013-14 season where Ruby was the PK coach earlier that season. And then when he had the full offseason to kind of put his own touch on it, they became a uh, hot garbage. And uh, oh, I think, uh, I mean, with the, the garbage dad pronunciation. Uh, uh, Marie Calendaire. Yeah, I speak a little French. It's a big deal. Oh, well, we're going to go to Target later and uh, buy some storage <laughs> containers. <laughs> what was that bookstore, uh, B-Blay? Did you guys have that up in Philly? I know we had it down in Maryland. What was it? it was like, I think it was B-I-B-L-E-T. I might... Biblioteca. 
That's a lie, Brennan Craig. No. Oh my god, what? Forget it. It's not a real place. Forget I made it, it up. I'm making it up. I'm just Craig <laughs> Borsay from Maryland. Okay, alright. Let's, let's all take it easy. What are your, Slow do you, your roll, you... hombre. <laughs> so you're still, uh, you don't really care about Dave Haxall. That's your stance, right? Watching this team, uh, you're just like, yeah, whatever. It's Dave Haxall. It's just it's Dave going to Dave. <laughs> no, like, I... I... I fixed the special teams for God's sake, Dave. I'm encouraged yeah. like you are about these kind of roster moves. Uh, obviously, Latera, no good, doesn't need to be in the lineup. And the yeah. continued disappearance of Andrew McDonald has been fantastic. Christian Foldine, actually pretty good. I, yeah, I agree. I don't think he's been bad. I, I People are still bashing him, but I really, for a... For this defense, I'll take average. For a guy that you're paying pennies that was supposed to be your seventh defenseman and is not Andrew McDonald, I think he's been fine. Obviously, he's had his hiccups. I mean, that that play where he tripped over his own skates against the Blue Jackets is hilarious not now great. and was terrible at the time, yeah. But for the most part, doesn't do terrible. I think he was at fault. I'm putting last night's uh, even strength goal on him now because he gave Dadnoff a lot of time to mosey on in and they set a screen on Elliott. But besides that, I, I feel like he's been pretty good for what he was advertised as. And also the fact that he is actually in for McDonald and not say Sandheim. So I'm I'm fine with Christian Foley. Uh but yeah the penalty kill overall I and Yori Latera is not somebody where, you know, if this was a top ten penalty kill, like a top five penalty kill, which I mean, could you imagine having a top five penalty kill? Uh, if Yuri Latera was the main center on one of those pairings, okay, I could see the argument for him being in the lineup. But him being a, a PKer on this team in in this economy just doesn't make sense. Like he's got to be out of the lineup because he doesn't bring anything else to the table. He has three points in eighteen games. Is that right? Got like not a lot of points. Not a lot. Not really driving play. Yeah. So no. Thank you at all, is my opinion on that. Uh, do you want to, uh, should we talk about the games or you want to talk about Drew? Let's talk the about the line? games real quick. Let's okay. talk about the damn games. So, and again, before we enter the games, I, I want to point out something, uh, which kind of is another reason why I'm hesitant to believe this team is really starting to click right now. They beat Corey Crawford. They beat Corey Crawford on Saturday, right? Who was the last starting goaltender they beat before Corey Crawford? Ed Belfour. You got it, man. Ed Belfour back in 2004. Jeremy Roenick came in, put a nice little shot, top glove side. That was on ESPN. ACC. I, I, I got the ESPN coverage of that game, and I am used to – I cannot find that Dave Strader call. I've – I only know the Jim Jackson clip on YouTube, but the Dave Strader call is the one that is ingrained in my mind. Because as soon as it went quiet, he was just like, hey, scores! And I just remember losing my shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the Jim Jackson call, call is a uh, classic as well. Who was... Okay, um, what, what's the answer to your question? Who cereal? was the last... For cereal. I'm super cereal. Um, <laughs> who was the last starting goaltender the Fox beat before? Anderson. The Craig Anderson? Senators. 
in the fourth game of the season. And then they also beat Marc-Andre Fleury. So they've only beaten three starting goalies this season. And Keith Kincaid has played a majority of the games for the Devils, but I'm still chalking that up as Corey Snyder being hurt at the, at the start of the season. But if you want to consider him a starting goalie, okay, they've beaten four starting goalies. And they've played... I mean, they played Darcy Kemper twice, and they played Jack Campbell, and they played Ryan Miller. Like, they keep playing teams' backups, which, I mean, is fine. You're looking for points to get in the standings, but that doesn't really help the argument of they're really starting to fire it up here. But it, again, it's also one minor, of those things they can't really control. No, they cannot, yeah. And it's a, it's a random thing that really, I mean, I, I, we say that, and then they could just come out and start in the shallow start they could be Corey Steyer tomorrow and Vasilevsky on Saturday and then but at the same time if they hadn't faced Luongo last night they maybe win that game against Florida because Luongo yeah just I mean Luongo down. was nuts they had Luongo uh they look the Flyers looked like shit overall in those first two periods oh, whatever, third period. Luongo made some some big time saves they came out with some yeah. some gritty juices we're calling it on Twitter in the third period and and looked great Gritty juice, as I described, was... Yeah, you may need to explain that. Okay, that sounds disgusting. (laughs) Bear with me here. Yeah, please. Bear with me. No, I I had tweeted that Jake Voracek had been seen... Sleen. I can't talk. You made fun of me earlier. Yeah, that's right. Jake Voracek was seen slamming a horrendous Red Bull Monster Four loco Espresso combination drink in the tunnel before the third period. And then I had gotten a reply from if Twitter wants to show me my replies. It doesn't want to. Very excited. I forgot who sent me Sonic Plume earlier, too. I think it was Levi. So, Levi, if you're listening, thank you. Yes, thank you. We appreciate it. Gritty Juice. Gritty Juice is what that had been done. So, Gritty Juice (laughs) is Monster, Red Bull, Four Loco, and Espresso. That's uh... Equal parts. It's Jake Voracek's, whatever Jake did before the third period, I wish he had done the whole game because he was phenomenal in the third period in that Florida game. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny. He, uh, like, when you look at some of the advanced numbers, he. Mike Y, by the way, said it's called Gritty Juice. Oh, okay. By the way, we got to figure out if it's Mike Y or Mike E. Y is capitalized, so I'm. yeah, we'll figure. I'm out. Mike underscore Y, so don't mm, look Mike Y. Okay, yeah, that's probably Mike Y. Uh, oh, shit, what was, oh, where was shit. I going with where that? Am I? Oh god, what were we just talking about? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I feel like that green juice concoction is just something that you take once and then you uh, like you probably die. Like it just doesn't feel like a thing. Not if you're Jake Vorich. That you were to. <laughs> Oh, Jake Voracek underlying numbers. Yeah, his numbers uh, indicate that he hasn't been as good this season, I guess. Like, maybe his production is a little bit down or, like, offensive impact. But, I mean, he still looks the same to me. I mean, I look at that goal, that overtime goal against the Coyotes, and he definitely pushed play a lot in the third period last night. Well, the thing about Jake is he's extremely boomer bust, right? Like, Jake's either, like, I remember when I went to the the Flyers Devils game a few weeks ago. Uh, oh, I at yeah. one point yelled, "Like God, is Jake drunk?" 
because he's just like fallen over <laughs> and looked terrible. And then all of a sudden he looks great as an amazing goal. Has maybe the best goal of the year. I actually yeah. <laughs> started chanting with my buddies. He's not that drunk. He's not that drunk. <laughs> but that's the thing. Jake either looks like he's completely drunk, fallen over, or he looks phenomenal. Yeah, no, that's true. I, it, it would be nice if there's more consistency, but at the same time, I guess uh, five-point games really aren't that terrible because you're probably... It's a good problem to have. Game. Yeah, I was going to have... <laughs> Uh, what was his plus minus though? Let's be honest. Yeah, combined plus minus. Oh my god, plus minus. So there's three stats: fighting majors plus minus, because that's another one that NBCS Philly apparently is like one of the three stats they have to offer, and the uh, the faceoff percentage. Throw those stats in the garbage because I do not care about any of it. They could be bottom of the league in all of those stats, and they would still be in the same position they are. IML, am I? I am HL. Uh, going to make sure you're home. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, we've touched on a lot of the Arizona uh, win. Great goal from connecting in the first period. That's a really good play with Drew. Two goal game for Scott Lawton. Uh, Lawton having a nice little season. Yeah, he's not having a bad season. Uh, (laughs) ten goals all last season. Six already this season. He is shooting twenty five percent though, but still pretty good. Uh. Fourth two goal game in the league. Do you remember any of the other three, Stephen? One was this year. No. So the Washington blowout last year. He had two goals. The the two one at home in the home opener. The win in Calgary that ended ten game losing streak. And it we couldn't tell if he got the second goal or not. He ended up getting the second one. And then this year in Ottawa, he had an empty net goal and he scored an actual hockey goal. So Scott Lawton already has, uh, or not already, but he has four two-goal games in his career, which uh, I thought was kind of surprising, considering he's a bottom six guy and he only scored 10 goals last season. But maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe he keeps trucking. Maybe he gets uh, 15 or 20 this year, maybe. 25% is pretty... Maybe, maybe. Is a, is a, is a pretty good amount, though. Uh, the two shorthanded goals against... Uh, third time it's ever happened on the same power play against the Flyers. Uh, the first time was in on February 18th, 2012, against the Penguins when Jordan Stahl scored. Uh, another Penguin took a penalty, and then at 5-1-3, Matt Cook scored a goal, which I don't want to say is the biggest highlight of the Flyers franchise history, but it, it definitely happened. <laughs> That's and then the, the thing first that time, happened. Yeah, it, it, they counted it. And then the first time it ever happened was January 30th, 1969. Very nice date. Not a very nice outcome. <laughs> 12-0 loss. Uh, Stan Makita and Chico Maki scored twice on the same penalty kill Man, early that, in the first period. That's a name. That's a name. I had to do research for that name, too, because apparently, not apparently, I mean, it's a box score from a 1969 NHL game. His brother was on the team that year, and they did not... I think Flyers history had like the scoring log of that game and they didn't put the first initial. So I had to go and do research and figure out which guy actually suited up for that game. He was a real son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Found out it was Chico though. Uh, And that loss, 12, nothing loss. Only time the Flyers have ever allowed 12 goals and it's the worst margin of defeat in franchise history. So that game, that game, I mean, all around just sound like it was a fun time. And thank God, uh, 50 years later, we 
probably aren't going to experience a game like that. Although you never know. Never know. 20th time they've allowed two shorthanded goals against or more in a single game. They allowed it, allowed three shorthanded goals against in a single game once against Detroit back in. I forgot to put the date down. I think it was 1995. It was uh, Fedorov, Iserman, and, oh boy, here's another big Detroit name from back in that time. Fedorov, Iserman, and... I can't it was a very... I can't believe you have yeah, I mean, it wasn't like... It wasn't Larianov. It wasn't uh, Constantine. I don't know. It was a very typical Red Wings name for that time. Whatever. doesn't so matter. Russian, the Flyers gave it three goals, short in goals. I think it may have been Murphy. Joe Murphy? I don't know. Sergey Fedorov? Well, die not now. No, I already said Sergey Fedorov. Sergey Fedorov? Oh, wait, wait. Nick Lidstrom? Uh, no, not Nick Lidstrom. Forget it. We'll never know. I've got we'll the know. entire uh, roster up here, Craig. Entire roster. Is there a Murphy on there? There's a Murphy. There's a Maltby. Larry Murphy. There's no, Larry Murphy. Kirk Maltby. I think it might be Larry Darren Murphy. Darren McCarty? No, it wasn't Darren McCarty. Mark Major? Has Darren McCarty ever scored a goal against the Flyers? I can't remember a single time Darren McCarty has ever scored a goal against the Flyers. I don't think there's ever been a time that's happened. I, I, there definitely has not been. Yeah, not in my memory nope, of it. not one. Not a one. <sighs> you think? Is, did Yanni Dinova die? Is he dead yet? Is he still playing hockey? How old is Yanni Dinova? I believe he's 75. Gary Thorne is still mispronouncing his name. <laughs> Yanni Nemina, my favorite. I still love, as an Orioles fan, I love that Gary Thorne now does Gary Thorne now does uh, Orioles games. Yes, it's kind of like the one of the funny. Like whenever I go home in the summer and I'll turn turn on a game, I'm like, oh yeah, he's still he's still doing that thing. Craig, what year did Yanni Nemina retire in? From the NHL or overall? Let's just say overall. 06, 07. So his playing career, 93, 13. 2013? Who was paying him money to play in 2013? I'm assuming that was in Europe. Well, yeah. Maybe maybe it was like the SPHL or some shit here. It's a really low-level team. Oh, I'm about to, I'm about to get their answer here. It was, he was playing for Asploven HC. Oh. He, his uh, last oh, and, uh, NHL stint was 06, 07 with the Montreal oh, Canadiens. Oh, I kind of vaguely remember that actually. Obnoxious. All right, so Fedorov, Eiserman, Slava Kozlov. Ah. February 11th, 1994. Surprise, Flyers lost that game in the game. They gave up three short even goals. Real shocked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, so that happened again, and also that's a thing where I'm not blaming that. That was another good Hackstall thing. Two goals on the penalty kill, or two goals on the power play. One of them, I mean, both of them really weren't the Flyers' faults. Uh, Ghost could have kept that puck in, but at the same time, the ref also decided to set a pick on him or whatever the hell that was. And I mean, that was obnoxious to begin with. And then they let up the goal. The the Grabner goal was a Provorov uh, dumping around the boards, and somebody cleared it. I forget who cleared for the the Coyotes, and it just kind of drifted through the neutral zone. And then Grabner was able to jump all in in the the Flyers defensive zone and, and beat um, Pickard. It was just oh, it, both players were just weird in development. Haxtell 
changes goalies, puts Elliot in. Elliot doesn't let up a goal for the rest of the night, and the Flyers come back. Like that was a good. That's the kind of shit, the simple shit that I, at least I've been calling them out for, like that, and not using a timeout when the whole building feels like they need a a, a stop on momentum from the opposition. What's a so timeout? for him to do that, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I'm thinking. I don't know if he used one that game too. I forget. I don't know if he used the timeout right then and there as well, but I remember him changing the goalie. Uh, what were the other? I think those are all the big things from. Yeah, those are all the big notes from that game. Uh, and then the 4-0 win against Chicago. I mean, sure, the the the, the penalty kill finally stopped the opponent's power play for the entire game. But the big news of this game, man, Brandon Manigan goal. What vindication! Oh, that was amazing. I'll never that forget was where I was. Phenomenal. That was so good. And everybody knew it immediately. It was like, ah, it's Brandon Manning. <laughs> Even Jim You're Jackson like, was like, oh, ooh, Brandon, <laughs> sorry, buddy. I can tell it was funny. You know, NBCS Philly knows that everybody hated Brandon Manning because I think they were showing the highlights yesterday and like Bill Clements rattling off everybody's names in the highlight package. And they're like, here's Sean Couture getting a little bit of a bounce off of uh, Chicago defenseman. It's like, you know, it's Brandon Manning. Just say Brandon Manning. <laughs> the man dog. Yeah, we just wanted to hear you say it. Maybe that was the moment when that happened. Dave Haxall was like, my God, I've got to start making better line decisions. <laughs> he was like, I put that guy in the lineup every single game last year. And he was, I mean, he's been trash this year. Yeah, he's been horrible. That's been like, he's been horrible. Yeah. He's been one of the people that they've, uh, you know, with the whole Quinville falling out, a lot of the people defending Quinville have been like, oh, yeah, Bowman did a great job signing Kunin's Ward. And Brandon Manning. <laughs> and he signed Brandon Manning for something besides veteran minimum. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. For a team they, that's cash that that's cap strapped already. Like we don't yeah. have any money, but we're gonna throw two mil at Brandon Manning. Okay. <laughs> oh god. You know, I don't have yeah, any money, but I'm gonna buy I'm gonna spend like, I don't know, two G's on this really shitty TV. <laughs> Speaking of bad defensemen for Chicago, Duncan Keith had a real fucking tough game. Uh, had that turnover right to Drew for the goal. Couldn't keep the puck in on the power play that led to Sean Couturier taking down the ice. Muscling Kunitz to a goal as well. Probably, I mean, that, that was probably Kunitz, or not Kunitz, uh, probably Couturier's best goal of the year, right? Yeah, I would think so. Very much I would think so. And, uh, uh, Kunitz, by the way, coming on a little bit lately, uh, looking I'm a little on, better. Yeah. It's almost like... It's almost like the guy had a major injury and surgery in the offseason and is recovering from it. See, that sounds like an excuse. Are you making excuses for this guy? Oh, on the I'm team sorry. You can't fight? make excuses. It's yeah, hockey. Yeah, you, you can't do that. They're all soft. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all, all soft. soft. And it, he right was here. just rusty and yeah. the expectations were too high. That's what it is. It can't be he was recovering from an injury. <laughs> nothing. You know nothing what? Nothing simple like that. You know what would have gotten him into the season earlier? Really wake him up, feel alive, focused on the team? Taking testosterone pills. Close. Well, I mean, kind. well, a fight's kind of like that, yeah. Ooh. Kind of get pumped, you know what I mean? So maybe go punch a dude in the face, no rust. Just right back into the mix, feel fine. And you know, that's why Wayne Simmons hasn't been signed to an extension yet. No fights. Oh, Simmer, just saying. Just saying, Wayne Train. Just saying. Yeah. Forget the goals. 
Get the uh, the presence on the ice. Just got to fight somebody. Forget that leadership. It's about <laughs> fights. Transitioning to the flyer side of uh, the defensive game, uh, Christian Foley, that uh, we've already mentioned, broke up a three on two in the second period. Looks good otherwise. Fine game. Uh, Brian Elliott had a shutout, 33 saves. First shutout since the regular season finale last year. And, you know, I, I was actually really glad to see it for Brian Elliott because. He's battled he's a lot fine. this year, and yeah. he's had to make some really tough saves and has not had the best numbers to show for the efforts he's made because this defense has been hot trash for the most part. And yeah. to see him be able to get a shutout felt very good. Yeah, I mean, early in their season, yeah, the the the, the defense was so bad that Sharks ate the two loss. I really only can blame at most two goals on him like eight goals and really two are only the goalie's fault. And, you know, he's had his moments where he's looked below average, but as of late, he's been fine. And he's stopped the majority of shots that are thrown at him, regardless of where they're taken or how hard they are. For the most part, Brian Elliott is as good as the defense in front of him. Pretty much. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of what we expect. Uh, And he had a couple he had a big save on Debrinket in the the first minute of the game. He also had another big save on a Taves chance wide you, open in the front. Is that how you pronounce that name? I always thought it was the Brian Cat. Yeah. Debrinket, okay. I'm glad I have clarification. I almost kept it together. I almost kept it together for that one. Okay. Uh, and then he also had a pair of big saves after the Manning on goal. So he, he did come up with timely saves, and he's done that. He did have a couple of big saves out in Anaheim when the game was still close. Uh, he had a couple of big saves. I mean, Pickard looked fine against the uh, Coyotes and uh, the final win of that road trip. So, I mean, the goalies, again, I think I said it two episodes ago, but the, the goalies, you know, they're they're not great. But sometimes they can just come in and, not steal a game for you, but do a lot more than you're expecting out of them. They give you a really good chance to win. I mean, last night, LA gave him a chance to win. Those first two periods, Panthers had a lot of offensive zone time and a lot of chances. Uh, and they, they only came away with uh, a two-goal lead. Yeah, that and, game is not Elliott's fault at all. Yeah, I will, I'm not pinning that on Elliott at all. I would like, I would like the team to... You know, wake up. And before last night, too, I think they scored the first goal in six straight games. So that, you know, that whole uh, narrative apparently is how the Flyers are going to be reflected upon this season after not scoring the first goal in, like, the first 20 games of the season. And then they score the first one in the last six games before last night. Uh, and speaking of last night, they, I mean, the third period really tilted a lot of their numbers in their favor, but it was, I mean, it was a lot of score effects, but overall third period, they out, they had 33 shot attempts at five and five to uh, seven of the Panthers, which gives them an 82.544 percentage. One expected goals battle uh, overall and at five and five, but it was just a lot of pressure in the last 20 minutes that Luongo was able to kind of fight off and they, they just couldn't beat him twice. Luongo looked awesome in that game too. You got to give him some credit. He's on fire lately. And yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Ever since he came back, he's posted obnoxious. I think going into last night or after last night's game, he's allowed seven goals in five games since his return, and it's which uh, five game winning streak, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, pretty good, 
pretty, uh, pretty good. <laughs> and speaking of uh, Kirby enthusiasm, we'll talk a little bit about Oski Boy here. He had a sixty-seven point seven four percentage with Patrick and Voracek last night. Uh, they had a hundred percent high danger chance four percentage. So they had five high danger chances for, and they didn't allow any high to the danger. Panthers. Uh, they had a three-on-two rush early in the game, and then pretty much the third period was just nothing but that that second line going. It felt going like bananas. they didn't even get off the ice because they were just opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. They were flying, man. Yeah, yeah, and that, like that opening opening two minutes, they they were just, they spent the entire time in the Panther zone, and somehow Luongo didn't. There was a goal mount scramble that Luongo somehow cut the puck out on. Had the Limblom pass the Voracek, uh, then Voracek almost scored immediately after that, and Limblom hit the post uh, pretty, like, halfway through the third period. So, I mean, if they can, you know, you got to figure out ways to not wait until the third period for that to happen, and that seemed to be the course in the locker room. But that is the thing that has been happening for a while with this team. And uh, One might even say that this team is inconsistent in its efforts. That that seems to be true. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that was it for the games. Uh, I did. I mean, the other big news, not I want to say it's Flyers news, but the Flyers are involved. You want to talk about this? You wanted to talk about this this week and I'm, I'm, I'm for it. It seems to be getting closer and closer to the deadline of the, the William Nylander decision. You seen this? You heard about this? <laughs> you seen this? You seen this? He's some. Oh man, I, I own a lot of cars. Anyway, uh, <laughs> William Nylander has been holding out from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Does not have a contract currently, right? Uh, yeah, he RFA. Yeah, he needs to. Him and the Leafs need to come to an agreement by December first, I believe. December first, yeah, and. <laughs> It's getting to the point now where the Leafs are highly considering if they should just trade Nylander, which there's two thought, you know, two trains of thoughts about a trade like this, because he's obviously a very, very talented player. And I don't know if you're necessarily going to get the proper value for a guy like that, but if he's going to hold out the entire year and you're not going to get anything out of him and then, you know, chance to leave later and the fact that the Leafs kind of backed themselves into a corner with not having any room to sign any of their guys, it makes a lot of sense to trade him. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, if you really believe, it could be a situation, too, where they, because they are they might be in a little bit of a cap situation, Dubas just wants to get Nylander to sign for as little as possible, but at the same time, he can play hardball with them because... I mean, the Leafs don't look terrible right now without him, and it's and they it's don't not have saying Matthews that he's right now, and they're still winning games. Yeah, and not to say that Nylander's not an impact guy, but if you're able to trade him and maybe sure up the defense and get a couple other pieces and get that, some picks so for that right you now, can get some cheap guys for the future, and then right. you know build up in a couple of years when Tavares is a little older and yeah, blah blah blah. You get it. Uh, oh, I get it. it makes I get a lot of sense for them to trade Nylander because they're going to get a great haul for him, frankly, and yeah. they should. Uh, so there's been some teams mentioned. The Flyers have been kicked around a little bit. It doesn't seem like they're really players for him, but I think a lot of people think they should be. 
And it's not the Holmgren days, right? If this was the Holmgren days, oh, they'd be, be like front Flyers are number one team. They're gonna get them any day. They were now, traded for them. Four first round <laughs> picks. Shane Goss despair. <laughs> the big thing with Nylander is that Toronto would presumably want a couple like NHL starters back. Yeah. And I remember we talked about this in the Slack a few weeks back when this stuff started first or first started to come around really. And it seemed like any Nylander trade would probably start with Shane Gostaspair. Yeah. I mean, that seems to be what, I mean, Nylander is very, very good. And it seems like if you want to be realistic about it, any starting price would be Gostaspair and maybe not with the way it's looked and still looks somehow uh, for overall. Well, I mean, most NHL GMs though, aren't going to work just off of how a guy looks this year and 18 games. Yeah. And also, I mean, he, I don't know if that's really being, uh, been made a big deal out of outside of Philly, but he, you know, he still doesn't look the same, but it would definitely start with one of those two guys, or, I mean, I think it would be, ghost and then a guy like phil myers or maybe ghost and a first or if they went to like sanheim they'd probably have to give up a little more in the prospector or, or pick pool yeah and i'll be honest i i've been tuning a lot of the Nylander stuff out because i really don't think he's gonna come to the flyers i don't know if that's a sentiment that a lot of people share but i just i i, I think a lot of people share that sentiment only yeah the, like the I, true dreamers really think he's coming here <laughs> yeah i i don't know i just i don't really chalk it up to that and also i don't like i mean i i think i would do Nylander for sandheim i mean i i that seems like a pretty obvious trade but i really just i like sandheim he's really young i would like to see him kind of pan out. We put a lot of time and energy into Sandheim. And Pro V goes Sandheim is a big Yeah, I mean Sandheim is your best defenseman right now too, honestly. Well, and we're talking about every time we talk about the Flyers defensive prospects, we always have to recount the Flyers history with defensive prospects, which is not good. Yeah, it's pretty pretty bad. This is a rare time in Flyers history where we've actually got quality defensive prospects to look forward to. So use utilizing them growing them and making sure they they come along great it's it's a commodity that the flyers never had and it's it's special and it's something you don't want to give up and Nylander's a guy that you consider it for but yeah. you have to be really I, sure about that and you know it, it's tough because i wonder i think the flyers could use them in their top six but at the same time the flyers do have offensive talent but Nylander's yeah. really good I, I see my thing is, is I wonder, so I believe Nylander's a, a right winger. Uh, and if the Leafs think they actually have a chance this year, they wouldn't take just Simmons. They would want other pieces, but I feel like he could work away where Simmons is the main piece going back to Toronto. And they, I don't know, like maybe, like maybe Simmons a first and like Myers, maybe. Again, I really don't know. I'm so bad at guessing trades. Like, I will... You could tell me... The news could break of Nylander right now being traded to the Flyers, and I could assemble a package that I think it was. And you could tell me there was a pick, a prospect, and a player, and I would be so far off. Like, I I just wait until a trade happens, and I try to analyze it from there. I really can't predict what would be equal value. 
because I just feel like everything I'm saying right now is crazy. Well, like I would I'll tell you, Craig. Reiner, but... I'll tell you, Craig. Fantasy hockey has made me a true expert in <laughs> NHL trades. <laughs> At least in rejecting trades. This is going to be a little bit of a, a side tangent. But Speaking... I have gotten so I got the number one pick in one league I'm in this year. And I got Connor McDavid and I have gotten the most obnoxious trade requests for Connor McDavid. <laughs> like, so I got one yesterday that I shit you not asked for Connor McDavid and Johnny Gaudreau from me. The guy, the guy offered me Frederick Anderson and Zach Parise. <laughs> I'm still, I, my theory, and you've told me other ones, I'm pretty sure people are just hoping that you aren't paying attention or like maybe your phone is just open for some reason. Or maybe I'm really drunk. Hits the I think they might be hoping I'm maybe really you're drunk. hammered. Yeah. Maybe you're a little whiskey, Steve. And they, they you just look at the trade and you're like, you laugh and you laugh. And then you accidentally hit accept. Yeah. Well. Urban I'm, Steve's I'm like, let's there. do this thing. Yeah. <laughs> let's give up Johnny Gaudreau and Connor McDavid for Frederick Anderson and Zach Parise. Let's do it. I just like, I like how that guy was like, you know what? I'm only asking for Connor McDavid. I got to sweeten the pot for me in this a little bit. Let's get, let's get Johnny Gaudreau too. Then I'll make the deal. <laughs> then I'll make the deal. Then I'll make the deal for Connor McDavid. Until then, no thank you at all. Well, I was going to say, he did uh, tell me that he wanted Connor McDavid, but I drafted him before him. Yeah. Well, which, which which means you got to give him up. <laughs> which means, <laughs> so which means I got the number one pick. What is that? What an argument! Like what is that? <laughs> that reminds me of um. <laughs> that reminds me of a story. Uh, uh, back in the day, me and my brother and my dad used to go to a uh, batting practice for the Orioles. Like we, you know, the, a lot of people I assume go to batting practice before baseball games, and we were out in left field. And ball comes our way. A guy in front of my dad puts his hands up, hits him in the hands. Doesn't catch it, just hits him in the hands. Goes right to my dad and he catches it. And the guy turns around and he says, you know that's my ball, right? And my dad, <laughs> and my dad goes, I have it. <laughs> and then the guy just was pissed but didn't know what to say after that. <laughs> you know it's my ball, but right? But I feel like... Yeah, no? I feel like that's I feel like that's that guy of fantasy. He's like, you know, I want a McDavid, right? So like, I should get him. Like, he's my player. Did you know that? Right, right. And he's also <laughs> like, no, so that's many not how this works. But I'm like, it's Connor McDavid. <laughs> yeah, like, doesn't matter. Like, I I wish there was a way in like in a Yahoo league that you could just set restrictions on guys you'll accept trades for. Like, I will not oh, yeah. accept any trade proposal with Connor McDavid in it. Just not a yeah, chance. Like, yeah, this should really be a thing because there's no way, there's literally no trade that you would give up McDavid for. Right. Unless somebody coincidentally has like Crosby, Matthews. Malkin, Kucherov, and Matthews. Matthews on the same team and is willing to trade like with those four guys for him. Right. It would have to be something that just isn't, isn't going to happen. I was going to say for fantasy though, uh, it's a big battle in the uh, PSH Fancy Football matchup this week. Ooh, uh, it's me and you, buddy. It is us. Well, I have freaking Tom Brady and Julian Edelman on on by, so please enjoy your win. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. Large Fletchers and Juggalo Nation 
are predicted yeah, within five points of each other. <laughs> I think I had to, and I'm one of the, I'm somebody that always streams a defense, and I think I had to pick up the fucking Bengals defense this week. So I'm really, I'm, I'm just full of confidence going into this week. Got Marcus Mariota at quarterback. And we got Mariota Cousins, the QB matchup. Oh, God, it is one for a, the ages. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty, <laughs> I don't know, I got pounded last week by, uh, by Brad, who is apparently just pretty good at fantasy all around. Cause I remember getting smoked by his team in uh, hockey too. Goddamn. Goddamn fantasy. What were we talking about? Kyle Neilander. kicked my butt last week. So, you know, we're doing, <laughs> we're both doing great. Our fantasy teams in the SB nation. Uh, well, the, the Broad Street Hockey League just going great, but you're six and four, and I'm four and six. So there's uh, somebody clearly on top on this one. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we were talking uh, about Nylander trades, and so the Flyers, so the Flyers aren't oh, really mentioned as one of the main contenders, even though the Flyers make a lot of sense and do have the trade capital to pull it off. Carolina yeah. is the number one mentioned team for this. Carolina is all uh. about it. Uh, LA. Yeah, that makes sense. LA is mentioned a lot, and the Kings are. <sighs> Well, they're they're a hockey team right now. Yeah, and they already made a trade, so I think uh Yeah, they made be out of a the market. huge trade today. Just the biggest. <laughs> Aglin for Pearson. Think, Jim Rutherford think, uh, gets a three year extension. And I mentioned this to my buddy at work who's a unfortunately a Pens fan. I was like, Oh yeah, Rutherford got a three year extension. He said he's gonna make a trade this week. And make a trade. And then, that and then day. he's like, It's either gonna be it's either going to be uh, Haglin or Sprung. And lo and behold, Haglin gets traded hours later. Yeah. Well, pretty good call by him. By the way, do you know how old Jim Rutherford is? Uh, 69. Nice. Is he? And he's got a three year. Yeah, 69. I just wanted to make a nice guess. Yeah. And you nicely nailed it. Uh, 69. According to the Associated Press, so if they're wrong, uh, at, at the Lampstream Media, uh, the only general manager to win Stanley Cups with multiple teams since the league expanded in 1967. I feel like that's not right, but I, you know, I, I know Associated Press isn't exactly just throwing around information there. He won with the, the Hurricanes, and then he won two with the Penguins. And I'm trying to think of other GMs in the past, but I guess Scotty Bowman was never really involved, involved in any front office uh Situations beside Chicago, and would have thought Glenn Sather would win one somewhere else, but I think he just won all of them in uh, Edmonton. So I, I guess that, I guess that's a real thing. He doesn't feel like that good of a GM, but I guess he is the only one to do this since 1967. I guess so. so. And he did also he did also orchestrate the Kessel deal, which was kind of a big big deal for the Penguins, unfortunately. Uh, but Leo, I guess we can talk about this right now. Haglin, three points in 16 games this season. Pretty much the biggest appeal about Haglin is he was one of the fastest skaters in the league, and he also had he had that big 2016 postseason where he was part of the HPK line, Haglin, Benino, uh, Kessel. He had 16 points in 24 postseason games. He's been a positive relative course four percentage and expected goals four percentage player his entire time in Pittsburgh. Uh, and he is a free agent after this year, so that might have played a little bit of a role in this trade. Uh, for a 3.75 cap hit, Tanner Pearson, who is good, only has one assist in 17 games this year, which is kind of bonkers. He's had, it's not great. 
last three seasons, he's had a 24-goal season and two 15-goal seasons. I, I think he's the better player. I, I think the Penguins got the better player, but the he's a 3.75 million cap hit through 2021, 2020-2021. Uh, uh, the, the big thing with Haglund was that was a big part of the the Penguin system there for a while was they, their team was just fast as hell. And that's how they won the first cup was the defense wasn't good. Everybody knew it, but all they had to do was kind of clear it out to a neutral zone. And then guys like Haglin and, uh, and Kessel and other like quicker guys are going to jump out on the neutral zone, and just get odd man chances going the other way. And I, I don't the good think old that's really best defense is a good offense. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, I mean, when you got Jack Johnson anchoring a defense, you kind of hope there's a lot of offense going on. But, uh, and, and Pearson, I, I don't know. I guess he's going to, uh, I think he's a winger. I, f- I forget right now, actually, but I, he's definitely the better player, in my opinion. I mean, Hagelin's had, Hagelin's never posted a lot of big numbers. Uh, he's just super fast. Pretty much. And the King, I mean, the Kings definitely need speed. I think Rutherford was smart and just realized that the Kings are probably looking for anything right now. And they are hilariously slow all around and they don't score goals. So this will help with the speed factor. And Tanner Pearson evidently wasn't working out there this season. So we'll see, uh, see how it works out. But Jim Rutherford, uh, he, he does make deals. I mean, he does whenever things aren't really going that well for the Penguins. And right now, uh, just had a five-game losing streak lost last night. Maybe they wanted to uh, make a minor deal to kind of get things going. You know, Jim Rutherford. And, uh, I think it's pretty good. He, he's doing Jim Rutherford things right now. He's doing JR stuff, yeah. And not that JR. But... The, the also, other... another... Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to finish out Nylander. So the, the other teams Pierre Lebrun yeah. mentioned earlier today. So he mentioned Carolina. He mentioned Los Angeles. He mentioned Minnesota. Anaheim and Florida, St. Louis, Vegas. This is the whole NHL, Arizona and Colorado. (laughs) So uh, Carolina, LA seem to be the teams asking the most, but who knows how it's going to play out. Uh, Ultimately, do you think Nylander even gets traded or does he stay in Toronto and they try to work something out? I feel like he gets, I feel like he gets traded. I don't know. I feel like you could, Carolina makes a ton of sense because Carolina, I'm not sure about this year, but Carolina doesn't score goals. Uh, and they added Sveshnikov from the draft this season. Yeah, Nylander is another pretty big piece. Uh, and Toronto wants defense. And Carolina, it, maybe not, not the sexiest defense out there, but they got a pretty good uh, six-man unit. And I, I'm sure that Ooh, the Leafs could use a, a little baby eyebrows raise. They could use like a Brett Pesci or a Jacob Slavin, the, somebody like that, or you know Justin Falk. There, there's plenty of options that the Hurricanes could trade in a package for Nylander and still have three other really good blue liners. And again, yeah, they got they have Dougie Hamilton too. I don't think they're going to trade Dougie Hamilton, but they have those other three guys that they are would be able to, to trade away. Um, and the Kings are kind of, they, they need scoring as well and speed, but they, I don't think they have, I don't think they're trading Dowdy. No. For, oh man, actually that would be terrible if that happened, but that would be like their main. Well, I guess it's happening. Defensive right? option. Yeah. Uh, Colorado. I mean, 
that would be pretty cool just because they already have that one really good line of uh Ray and then Landis Gog and um McKinnon. So if you added another offensive weapon there, they could be uh they might be pretty scary. But I don't know who they would I don't know who they would part with either. Uh yeah, I mean all those options, you know the Carolina does feel like it makes the most amount of sense, honestly. And because they have cap space too. That helps. Uh, that helps. Yeah. And I, I but I, I do, I, I don't know. I feel like you will get, I feel like you will get dealt just because, like we were saying before, like they're, they're, the, the Leafs cap space, I'm not sure how much they have right now, but if they have any right now, they're not going to have much, they're not going to have any for much longer. Right. Uh, well, the signing and they're going to signed yet, right? Yeah. They're going to have to give, they're going to give Matthews money too. So, Austin uh, actually has. I don't think he has. I'm gonna check it out, but yeah. yeah um, all right. Well, I'm gonna go with the opposite. We'll see who's right. I, I think uh, Toronto's gonna hold on to him stubbornly and not trade him. I think they should trade him. I think he's a great player, but I think they could get a lot for him. And I think due to the cap space restrictions they're gonna run into shortly, they need to part with somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, they really, yeah, because you can't keep everybody, which is the one downside to drafting and developing pretty well. But, and Nylander was a pretty high draft pick. I think he was eighth in 2013. So to, uh, Toronto's but, got 11 mil right now, somehow. But, okay. but that also includes like, uh, you know, rookie deals, right? Like yeah. Mitch Marner still on rookie deal. Austin Matthews still in rookie deal. Yeah, Mitch Marner, uh, Austin Matthews, Casper Kapanen, uh, and and Nylander. They, so they're going to have to. I mean, that money's going to go away pretty quickly. And also, Jake Gardner uh, is a free agent next season. Uh, so they're going to have to. Yeah, they're going to have to figure out some some stuff. So somebody's got to move. I mean, this might be the best option to get rid of. Uh, rid of uh, Nylander. The 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 Kings option kind of scared me too, though, because Dowdy to Toronto has kind of been a thing for a while. And if the Kings are, you know, not blind, they can kind of see their season's not going to be going anywhere. And uh, and Dowdy signed for a while. Uh, sound signed forever. Yeah, till the end of time. <laughs> Literally until the. The end of time. He drank out of the uh, the pond of Tuck Everlasting. So, the other thing I wanted to mention with the Penguins real quick was the today in the game Tristan Jari scored a goal. Their goalie in the AHL. He's had some games in the NHL, but actually scored a goal. And it was funny. I was looking at he's the ninth AHL goalie to actually shoot and score. And then they had they listed every goalie who actually scored in the AHL history, like who's been credited with a goal. And uh, Ontario Nidamaki was credited with an overtime goal back in on April 11th, 2004. So I kind of want to see what that goal was. I wasn't able to find it yet. Let but, me know when uh, you do, because I'm all yeah, about two, that Nidamaki. Yeah, two goalies. Uh, Drew McIntyre also did it in February 2008. What if? Got credited with an overtime goal. What? I'm assuming I'm assuming those two were not shooting. Uh we're not two of the nine goals that were shot in by a goalie. Like that has to be just a weird bounce 
or like a delayed penalty and some guy passes it into his own net or some shit. Maybe. You know, the... Maybe. But so yeah. w- the, here's the question. When do we get Antero Nidamaki and Gritty together? When do we get Nitty and Gritty together? Good night and good hockey. Now, I was going to say whatever this podcast is banned because I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with this. I, I don't appreciate puns and wordplay. You know this. I know I've you never made and I've never made a pun on the show. No. I think they're childish and immature. It's not it's not becoming of the podcast, but that's neither here nor there. Well, Craig, <laughs> I I got to say I'm sorry. Not sorry. He wasn't a. I mean, he didn't do too much on Sunday. That didn't really help the Eagles out. I don't, don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I don't talk it was about a bad that time. It was a bad time. Let's yeah. not talk about it. Not cool. Not cool. Not great. Uh, yeah, uh, Dale Weiss is doing all right. We can talk about that. This is Dutch Gretzky. <laughs> he's he's living up to his two point two five mil. <laughs> Dutch Gretzky, six points in fifteen games so far. Uh, twenty three in the first two. Seasons with the Flyers. He had eight and forty-six games last season, fifteen and sixty-four and sixteen seventeen. Right now he's scoring at about one point eight points for sixty clip at five and five. Last year is at one point zero four, zero point nine seven two years ago. Sixty-one point zero three expected goals for percentage. Which is I mean, for Dale Weiss, that's unprecedented. That that's insane. Name him uh, to the all star team. I I'm doing it. I'm voting him right now. Voting hasn't even started yet. The fly purpley writing campaign for Dale Weiss. Oh, for Dale Weiss starts today. For Dale, yeah, it's that. Dale Weiss. Uh, Dale. That is uh, still my four. Twitter banner for the record. Is, is my <laughs> Dale Weiss Photoshop. You need to be pumping that out. Have you been putting that out there whenever he does stuff? Did you put no, that out there I when need he to get back on top of it. Dale yeah, Weiss. Yeah, I mean, he's finally becoming important. Hey, just... hey, hey. <laughs> Don't stop the party for Dolly Weiss. Dolly uh, and, and before, the thing with Dolly Weiss before was he, the first season, I think I was one of the only, not Dolly Weiss fan, but I was one of the only people that argued his season wasn't an absolute waste because he we obviously didn't bring you anything. You love Dale Weiss. <laughs> he obviously didn't bring anything offensively, like absolute zero out there offensively, but he did a better job at suppressing shots at five on five than a majority of the roster. So they were just, the Flyers are still gaining an advantage out there. It was just very boring. It probably wasn't going to lead to a goal, which, you know, but his shot uh, this year, he has a lower expected goals for for 60 rate than he did in 16, 17. When I felt that way. So putting on both offensive numbers and he's also gotten better at suppressing shots and chances at five on five. Dolly Weiss actually becoming a reasonable bottom six guy. And when he goes to the fourth line, if he goes to the fourth line with Lawton and NAK, that's got to be one of the Flyers' best fourth lines in years. Like, in in a while. A fourth line that we actually want to watch and we can support. A good Dale Weiss, Scott Lawton, future second-line center Scott Lawton, and NAK, who is... Growing on the, the the coaching staff apparently should be uh, a pretty good fourth line. You can actually roll out there in any situation. That's my Dale Weiss rant. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Coach Gretzky you living service. up to that potential yeah. at last. <laughs> you want to talk about Claude Giroux? 
Oh yeah, we didn't talk about him. Yeah, uh, third star of the week, doing pretty pretty. Well. I mean, the, the the first line is doing pretty well overall, which is why the the JVR coming back to the lineup is a is a pretty big deal because a whole top I mean, nine get, with scoring potential. What? Yeah, a whole top line with scoring potential and a fourth line that's not going to cost you goals left and right. So living the dream. Maybe maybe this team is going to have a good offense. Maybe maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing early in the season, too, was Lindblom, Lindblom wasn't playing poorly. He just wasn't playing lights out. Now he's playing like a man possessed. Oh, he's playing that, phenomenal Him right and now. Patrick have both been amazing in the last seven or eight games. And, I mean, when Voracek's the third least or third most talked about player on a line, that's pretty – well, he's doing pretty well. It's and not the, too the top shabby. Line, not too shabby. <laughs> yeah, and – Top line's finally starting to click. We mentioned Katori playing pretty well, too. And Drew's had three two-point games. Or, I mean, uh, two three-point games in the last four Flyers games overall. So he's he's doing Drew stuff still. Uh, ninth player records 53-point games with the Flyers. Uh, he is now fourth all-time with 756 games played. Ryan Fropp is third with 790. He needs three more assists. The past Brian Prop to become second on the all-time assist list for the Flyers. Bobby Clark first with 852. So that's it's not going to happen. I think he's at like 490 something. Uh, that's pretty much all that Drew. I mean, we usually talk about Drew at length. We love uh, Claude Giroux. He's one of the he's all-time great Flyers. Doesn't get as much love in the city, or I mean, this isn't the best time to go on the soapbox, but sometimes he doesn't get as much love uh, across the league as he should. He definitely doesn't. I'll, uh, he led the league in scoring this week, and he's third star. <laughs> so, But like last year when he was at the most, he broke 100 points and was the highest producing uh, player on a playoff team, and he couldn't finish top three in hard voting. Hmm. So stuff like that. Makes you Kinda think. Interesting. Yeah, makes you think. Uh. Yeah, that's all I got for uh, Claude Drew. I did want to talk a little bit about the kids as well. And I think this kind of ties into this trade's not going to happen. We'll open up the door to the uh, aforementioned LA Kings who need a goalie because their goalies are dropping left and right. And some guy named Cal Peterson is now up with their roster at the moment. Um, What? Flyers don't have uh, great goalies, but they got a lot of them. They have take, a lot of goalies. You can take your pick. Like you can have literally any of them. Uh, Carter Hart's off the table, but anybody any else though? Other... You want Brian Elliott? He brings all the charisma and flair of a dad, <laughs> and <laughs> of a dad fixing a cabinet in the bathroom. When That's got, the kind of charisma. When he got the victory motorcycle helmet or whatever the hell that thing is, he <laughs> looked like he was ready to get together with Martin Lawrence, John Travolta. William H. Macy, and whoever the hell else was in Wild Hogs and make another one. Uh, Tim Allen, maybe? <laughs> Why don't you read a book and watch Wild Hogs? How, how could I God, forget about <laughs> the conservative grunter himself, Timothy <laughs> oh God, Frederick no. Allen? Uh, <laughs> my ex-girlfriend <laughs> told me a story about how she was waiting in line at a Starbucks and she was second in line. The third person in line was yelling obnoxiously at the first person in line. Third person in line walks out to the person first in line, and she can finally see who it was yelling, and it was Tim Allen. 
It was at a Starbucks <laughs> in New York. And she was like, oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> is this, this was, real life? This was years ago before he was the last man standing. So this was uh, many a year. I think this was pre-2011. So if you were in a Starbucks in New York before 2011 and got yelled at by Tim Allen, I, uh, I'm sharing your story right now. You, you want to call into the show. The number is <laughs> 215-420-6969. And just wait on hold and, and we'll get to you. What in the hell were we talking? Oh, goalies. Go- five out of goalies. Uh, and Anthony Stellars is a goalie who has only played two games in the AHL so far this season. Stoltender, the goaltender. Yes, still on the girls. Thank you very collecting much. Collecting dust. Uh, probably not going to be seeing a lot of time in the NHL this season, unless he gets traded to the Kings for like a conditional sixth or something. Or what if they you know want I mean? a guy with experience that has flashes of brilliance? His name is Michael Neuverth, yeah. and he's played all always... in many playoff matches at the NHL level. Yeah, when you. When you have a lot of goalies with injuries, you go out and they get a goalie that's oft injured, and that would be Michael Norbert. They can't all be injured at once, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. It's not. A, it's illegal. It's forcing in the rule book. you to you trade can't. for Peter Morazic <laughs> and play Alex Lyon, an untested, undrafted rookie. Alex Lyon also up for sale. If you'd like Alex Lyon, please God. reach out to whatever us. Whatever you want for Alex Lyon. I'm sure he's a nice Literally. guy. But whatever you want, I will give <laughs> Take him any of these dudes. Any of these guys, except for dear Carter Hart. You know yeah, what? You can't touch Carter Hart. If you could give us a sixth for Brian Elliott, that'd be cool. But otherwise, take him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Goalies are open for business. I. This seems to be. It's like your DMs are open. Yeah, of course, ladies. Ladies, uh, Craig's DMs it, are open. It seems to be that this is the biggest opportunity for the Flyers to be like, hey, we have goalies that haven't died yet, and you look like you need a goalie. <laughs> this is, is the advertising dead. point. We have alive <laughs> goalies. <laughs> Ron Hexall just calls his former club. He's like, look, I know you got the goalies down left and right. You don't have to tell me what's going on there. I'm just saying, I got some bodies if you need them. And uh, you'll just leave that at that. But yeah, that was my that was my crazy thought was Anthony Stolarz. I think it makes a lot of sense LA. to work out a goaltending trade with LA. Yeah, I I think it makes a lot of sense to trade Anthony Stolarz from the Flyers' opinion because uh, he's played two games in the league below the NHL. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I think he's better than Cal Peterson. Nothing against Cal Peterson because I didn't know he existed until like two days ago. But I think. Uh, the goaltending prospect this Flyers have had since 2012 is better than you at hockey. And even and Cal Pickard. Cal Pickard, guys. You want Cal Pickard? I feel like Cal Pickard, yeah. Cal Pickard for nothing. I really feel In like fact, Cal Pickard should be Craig and I will buy his plane ticket. <laughs> well, I'm a little strapped on cash. Well, we're not talking you're, you're first class. Fine. We can, we're going to send him coach. We can get him a bolt bus. If there's like a bolt bus. From it's going to take LA. a long time. That's not my concern. I'll pay the five dollars it takes for him to go across the country <laughs> in like three weeks. <laughs> you know they're pretty comfy seats. I'll give him that. Yeah, he's got an iPod or an iShuffle. He's got something he can listen to music too. Speaking Probably. of Phantoms hockey, uh, watch them Wild Hogs. Uh, yeah, Phantoms Car- hockey. Carter uh, Hart with the W tonight. Tonight? Oh, they played tonight. They played tonight. Uh, our boy Vika- Mikhail Vorobiev scored a goal. 
Oh, nice. Uh, what, what did they do tonight? They I had won 3-2 to two two tonight games. over the, the Charlotte Checkers. Oh, okay. Who are the Carolina Hurricanes HL team, who they lost to 7-4 to on Sunday. They're the Carolina Polar where... Bears. Car- yes. Yes. Uh, got uh, Tyrell Gold- Goldborn got a two-game suspension for slew footing. Uh, 27 no, minutes not, game. not Tyrell. Four points. He's a, yeah, he would never do it. He's an like honest, that. good old boy. Like he's, oh, not Tyrell. He's he's innocent. <laughs> Four points in nine games. More impressively, uh, more impressively is the actual word. Which word? Uh, according to Brad Keffer's uh, fancy stats site, actually named fancy stats. Uh, is thirty nine point thirty three. Brad's fancy stats site. Is that what it's yeah, called, Brad Phantom. Keffer's fancy stats site? It's just fancy stats for the PH for the Phantoms. Oh yeah, I like I, it. I I just really enjoyed the full name, Brad Keffer's fancy stats site. I think which I, I can't I, say well, Brad, fast apparently. <laughs> Brad Keff, yeah, he doesn't put the Brad Keffer's touch on it, but he does. I like I don't, I don't know, I like the stri- like the site straight to it. Oh no, I do He's like got it. Two, I do like it. Yeah, two tabs on the homepage. It's like you want this season or last season. All right. And then you just click on it and get all the numbers. I like it. It's like a a bar uh, that serves one sandwich, knows what it's doing. Yeah, no music, no pool tables. It's like, hey, you want beer? We got beer. <laughs> if you want beer, we're going to give you the beer. I went to a so. brewery in the Ithaca area that had literally one food option. It was a roast beef sandwich with kettle chips. Take it or leave it. How do you settle on that being the only option? Because you can cook it in a crock pot and it takes minimal effort. Oh, well, there you go. Let's shut me down immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought a burger, or like a hot dog. Oh, no. But, this I mean, the recipe makes a lot of sense. Minimal effort. Yeah. It's just like a thing behind the bar. They have the crock pot and yep. just like slop it on some bread. You gotcha. do not need right. to hire a chef. Then that makes sense. Uh,. So, like we were talking about before the roast beef sandwiches, roast uh, beef sandwiches, <laughs> roast beef stats.org. Uh, Goldborn, uh, 39.33 Corsi 4 percentage this year, minus 9.01 relative uh, Corsi 4 percentage. So, he's is that good? It's not great, uh, at five on five at the AHL level. So, naturally, he got nine games up here last year, but no, well, you know, hard um, grit determination <laughs> and ending a 10 game losing trick. Uh, and before they lost seven to four to the checkers on Sunday, they beat the Springfield Falcon. See where the Panthers AHL club eight to two, uh, Greg Carey and Taylor Lear had two goal games. Chris Connor had a three point game. David Kashi had two assists and Carter Hart stopped 16 of 18. Kashi also had two, a two point game in the, the loss to the checkers on Sunday. Kashi's having a pretty big season. Speaking of Brad, he also wrote about him last week. So. Pretty much, if you want Phantom stuff, just go to our site and look for Brad and uh, Maddie's work. Maddie does a weekly Phantoms rundown now, which is pretty good. Cannot encourage a lot that of enough. Info. Check yeah. out. I mean, it's a lot better of a source than than me listing off box scores. Check out so Brad, Brad and Maddie's stuff, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, and then other other news with the kids. Uh, pretty much the the big news was Wade Allison returned from Zentry, had a goal on one shot on net. With uh, four four pims in a season debut for uh, Western Michigan University, sounds like a flyer. Who had a seven to two win over the University of Nebraska Omaha on Friday? Yeah, the very uh, flyer style line right there. Hey, he shot and he scored. So every drunk fan at Flyers games was right. Shoot. For this, uh, <laughs> he 
He then proceeded not to play in Saturday's game, I assume, for precautionary reasons because he's still recovering. Not still recovering, but there's no reason to really not ease him into uh, his recovery from last year's uh, injury. So, And then uh, Ali Lixol. Ali Lixol just had a nice highlight that Corey Promen put, uh, posted like a 10-second uh, clip of on uh, Twitter. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about Ali Lixol because he doesn't get for for a six round pick, nineteen year old six round pick that uh, I don't think anybody knew of before he was drafted. He's he's not doing too bad this season. He's got five points in seventeen games with the uh, Lincoln Ping HC in the uh, SHL. Where do you rate that name on the name scale? Ali Lixo? on the name scale, the infamous name scale yeah, with, the, with, with a ten put... being uh, uh, Doug McFalls and <laughs> Samuel Doug McFalls, a, a one being Mike Richards. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be in the eight range at least. Uh, he's got to have. I, I like his name. Uh, the guy taken in the seventh round after him, Wyatt Kalyanuk, is another classic vintage hockey name. Oh yeah. Uh, Carson Torinsky is also a pretty good uh, prospect name. Uh, I think Connor Bunneman. Connor's common, but Bunneman's funny to me. Bunneman just it rolls off the tongue. It gets me. I really think they should have just kept Samuel Dub McFalls for name purposes. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. But, you know, I, I guess that's why I'm not paid the big bucks to run a franchise that won't fight anybody and gets pushed around. Uh, more like the Broad Street Wussies. Yeah, more like the Philadelphia Criers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right? yeah. well, you got them good. Yeah. Dunked on. Yeah. Good night and good hockey. <laughs> We're the worst people alive. We you know that. <laughs> probably should be executed publicly. That's that's gonna Agreed. go on the tagline for the podcast. <laughs> Fly verbally should be executed publicly. Um, I uh, Steve, I got uh, I got nothing else. I'm done talking. To you. I got I got, I got I got something real quick. Oh, what do you got? We got a DM today from. From Matthew, oh, yeah. who sent me a tweet that said, "Our friend the rat vacationing in Paris," and uh, oh. it linked to a, a tweet of uh, somebody who posted a video of a giant rat in France, and it's a cat fighting. <laughs> a rat. So our friend has made it to Paris and is assaulting a cat. Oh, our our friend chased the cat away. That's a South Philly rat, buddy. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm not, I'll be honest, I don't know how the rat economy works, but for him to get a plane ticket to travel from South Philly to Paris is, he's got to be in the 1% of the rat economy. Is, well, uh, I is told what I you like. on the last cast that he got a temp job. He was saving up for this trip. <laughs> what kind of temp job gives you the money? To fly out to Paris. What is he? He's living. He's, he was living at home with his parents. So he didn't have to pay rent. I think he's a Rockefeller. He's a rat. He's a distant relative of the uh, the Rockefellers, is my theory on this rat. Right, that's fair. And he's just he's falling in the money. That's fair. He's just gallivanting. I, I'm just glad our friend is is doing well for himself. <laughs> uh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Fucking rats becoming a friend of our podcast. <laughs> He's the mascot now. 
God. You want, you want right. to do Around the League, buddy? Yeah, I'm going to do Around the League. Around the League. <laughs> around the League. Hockey. Uh, Seattle expansion vote going on next month. Oh, whether or not they will be awarded a club. Pretty exciting stuff. There's an odd that's number of teams the they're shooing. Yeah, yeah they, that's pretty much going to be the main argument. Also, Dude. Seattle, great opportunity for a hockey market. Instant yeah. rivalry with Vancouver. It just makes too much sense. Yeah. I feel like Batman's just going to get up there next month and be like, eh, it's kind of weird, right? 31 teams? All right, you guys vote. Do they... <laughs> How do the divisions work out right now? How did the what? The divisions. Oh, the, the divisions. The, the number uh, of teams. Yeah, the uh, it's eight in the Metro, eight in the Atlantic, eight in the Central, seven in the Pacific. Oh, so we just add one to the Pacific. We're done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, this really is... If you were to pick a city to plop a team in, this would work All out right, well, pretty good. <laughs> it's it's, so it's working it itself seems, out. Yeah, it seems like the NHL is going to you know figure out a way to get the right amount of votes for this. Do you have a preferred Seattle franchise team name? The Seattle Mariners would be my option. I was thinking Super Sonics. Really just set a tone immediately with that franchise. Be like, we're the Seattle Mariners. But uh, hey, we're already... No, 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 no. We're the Seattle Mariners. Get out of here. And just kick out Ichiro or whoever's still on that team. I don't know who's on the Mariners well, now. I don't follow Ichiro's baseball. Ichiro's going to be the hockey team's GM. <laughs> hey, Ken Griffey Jr., why don't you get out of here? This is Mariner's Town now. And Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw. <laughs> I used to play, oh my God, what was that N64 game? Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball? Yeah, it was, I can't believe I forgot that simplistic name, but yeah, it was the best game we ever. Used to, me and my dad used to play the, the Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball on the Super Nintendo that had, it, it had the license for the teams, but not the actual players. So you had to like rename the players and they were all clearly based on real MLB players. And my dad and I would just go nuts, just like renaming every guy in the league and everything. <laughs> and then we just get like desperate after a while and just be like, Mo, Larry, Curly, Shemp. <laughs> See, I think the one I had was they actually got the players names, but they did not make any distinctions on the players besides like skin color. <laughs> So like so, Brady Anderson looked the same size as like Jay Gibbons. It was it was weird. Like everybody was the same exact size. Like Bobby Abreu looked the same size as Brian Roberts. One of my but favorite they things have like different. One of my favorite things for a while is when a game would have full licensing, but there would be a couple guys who were like scabs in one of the strikes that didn't get, so like Barry Bonds would never appear in these games or like he was either a scab or he wouldn't give his licensing rights. So yeah. they'd always replace Barry Bonds with some guy who like just was clearly <laughs> Barry Bonds, but not. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Larry Ponds. Right. Right. Something like that. <laughs> like, Oh, I'm uh, playing the giants. I got to work. I got to watch out for Larry Bonds now. <laughs> Guess I'm going to intentionally walk him. Uh, uh, old video games are the best. They are. The technology's getting too, you know, it's too advanced now with the video uh, games. It's it's not simple advanced. enough. I don't want to see the mascots in Those the game. Those get too Actually, expensive, is my opinion. Has Gritty been added to the latest NHL yet? Oh, I don't know. He probably. If, he's he, probably if he's there. not going to be added this year, there's no point in buying that game. <laughs> None. I'll be honest. I haven't played online versus and been the Flyers in a minute. So, uh, me, Mayo. I actually don't think I've played that since he's been 
introduced. We need, we need some video game gritty. I, we've got gritty claws in our life now. <laughs> now we need some some video games, some video game gritty. And he did something yesterday too. He like uh, did he flip somebody off? No, he like dumped milk and like <laughs> kitty litter on somebody or something. I thought I saw. Or, I don't know. Like he was like a Panthers fan. He was just like, oh, you want to be a Panther, huh? Oh, and you like, like cats? <laughs> you know what cats like? Milk and kitty litter. <laughs> Have fun driving home, Me asshole. <laughs> I do have to say, we talked about him being an asshole, and he's really living up to that. He's those standards. Up to it. He is, yeah, he's the, the most best. representative Philly mascot ever. The best I mascot ever. love him. <laughs> Speaking of assholes, uh, Tom Wilson got a suspension reduced from 20 games to 14 games. Played last Man. night, had a goal, and took in a part of a fight. Uh, 16-47 Tom on ice. He's playing tonight against the Jets. I don't, I don't know how he's doing. I don't think he's I, done I mean, shit. He yeah, and he uh, sucks, and that was some bullshit. Should not have been reduced. Uh, yeah, should not have been at all. I don't know why it was. Evgeny Malkin, no hearing or fine for his hit on Oshie last week. So, Steve, your favorite player still on the lineup. Uh, Jacob Chikrin. Signed a six-year extension. Uh, you know, I uh, love Evgeny Malkin because he, he knows how to take guys out in style. <laughs> and not get caught, ever. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Chikrin, uh, six years, 4.6 cap hit. Starting wait, next season. Hate the game, not the player here. Hate the game. I'm cool. <laughs> Thomas Placanich. I'm just going to keep rolling through this. Thomas Placanich. Retired, had his contract terminated, and he's uh, t- retiring. The Thomas Buchanan. Yep, the turtleneck himself. Going out in style. Tom Wilson, by the way, uh, no penalty minutes, minus one, no goals, no assists, one shot. Quite a night. There you go. Quite a night. First round pick. Uh, Thomas Buchanan, 1,001 NHL games, 17 for Toronto, the rest for Montreal. 233 goals, th- seven, uh, 375 assists, 608 points. Not a bad career. Uh, injuries, John Klingberg underwent hand surgery. He was week to week. Pavel Buchnevich broke his thumb out four to six weeks. I've seen that name a million times. Good still have to stop every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jack Campbell out four to six weeks with knee surgery. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi and Kyler Yamamoto assigned to Oklahoma City this week. Uh, in the AHL, again, Pooley Arby, somebody you want to mind the Flyers taking a look at, especially if he's getting reassigned to the AHL. Uh, Jesper Bratt activated off IR, Eddie Lack to the AHL for the Devils. Jesper Bratt, weird name. Weird name? Not a bad rookie last year. Uh, it was pretty good. So, uh, an annoying player the Devils get back just in time for the Flyers. Uh, and apparently, Nick, uh, Nico Hischer has been out. I saw something about him returning to the lineup for tomorrow. Yeah, possibly. Was, uh, what happened was. Nolan Patrick oh, came go. in and usurped uh-huh. all of his strength. So while Nolan Patrick does well, Nico Hishir does shitty and vice versa. They're dependent on each other. The their 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 karma. I'm done. I don't know. Logan Shaw signs a deal with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh Drake Batherson. <laughs> Drake Batherson called up by the Ottawa Senators. He was a twenty seventeen fourth round pick. Drake Batherson. 20 points in 14 games for Binghamton in his time in the AHL this season. Drake Batherson was somebody I actually liked during the 2017 NHL draft season, which, by the way, I didn't 
do as much research last year for the draft. I think I might do a little bit more for the 2019 draft. So hopefully. Yeah, get to work. Maybe I start pumping those out in December. Yeah, no, man, I've been slagging off. I'm sorry about that. Uh, Taylor Fudun traded uh, to Dallas in exchange for a 2020 conditional seventh round pick. Which, by the way, speaking of uh, speaking of Buffalo real quick. You don't hear that transaction uh, often. Are we going to talk about Dave no. and Buster's? No, I'm talking about how they're not looking too bad. Uh, ambiance and decor. It's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like they, they were shitty for a while, and had good picks, and now that talent is paying off. Yeah, and it's almost like the Hurricanes just were like, you know what, we suck at scoring goals, but we're gonna trade Jeff Skinner, and let him be like second in the league for not a ton of stuff. For not a lot of cool stuff in return, like not a lot of neat stuff, and. Their number, I mean, they're in a wild card spot, and their numbers really don't suggest they're going to fall off a cliff. Like, it's not – there are a couple other teams you could point to across the league where their their starts are kind of shallow, and you could expect them to fall off a cliff. They have a couple pretty good lines, man. Like, Yeah, they – and, I mean, Hutton's been playing fine. Uh, Darlene, I believe, has been doing pretty well. So, uh yeah, maybe the Sabres going to be pretty annoying, which is, uh, I'm glad. I hate the Sabres, and so when they're good, I kind of enjoy it because I remember why I hate them. Do you still have that, that residual sense. late 90s Sabres hate, like the Hashik and Barnaby I, and... I hate Matthew Barnaby with the the fire of a thousand suns. I hate that man so much, and I'm pretty sure if he and Ty Domi were to get into a fight until the death, I would try and figure out a way that they both ended up on the losing side of that. Couldn't, just that could those not two guys agree more. Yeah, those two guys were just the reasons why I hated hockey players back when I was when I was growing up. Sabres so top I, Sabres top six right now, by the way. Uh top line Skinner, Eichel, Reinhardt. Real good top line. Pretty good. And uh second line is uh Shiri, Middlestat, and Nakposo. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Yeah, Middlestat's and all the guys uh are working He's having a pretty good year. And Connor Sheary, I mean, we talked him off for being one of those guys with the Penguins, but he hasn't exactly looked useless with the Sabres and so far. Buffalo got him for jack shit. Jack shit. But yeah, Buffalo got him because the Penguins won the clearest space to sign Jack Johnson. To sign Jack Johnson, <laughs> who's been horrible. Yeah, I've been good, yeah. But uh, what, what other, I mean, they also, the Flyers played the Sabres a lot in the 90s, like during the, they... That it whole Steve like Shields every, incident that, uh, yeah, Garcinow, yeah. It and seemed the, like uh, every year in the playoffs they played each other. Yeah, the, you know it's funny they play so they play the Sabers next week, and I'm I'm contemplating what I should write for for the uh, return flight. I was thinking about either, uh, Danny Breer beating them in the shootout in 2008 to end that 10 game losing streak. I was thinking about the no goal, John Leclerc's no goal. Ooh, Do you remember that side of the net? Yeah, yeah. I, I found a clip of it, but the problem with those, like the the ones we have to go back for, like the 2000 and 2004 postseason, is I tend to feel like I need to lay out a ton of groundwork for those articles. Like I need to explain everything. Craig, I have an interesting one for you. It's a very old game, the Flyer Sabers Fog game. Cool. Yes. Okay. So see, that's gonna be. I try and pick out stuff too that honestly say there was a bunch of fog in the game. Put some clips (laughs) because there's plenty on YouTube. Call it a day. (laughs) 
No, because it's it's an interesting one I'm that doing. honestly not a ton it of people, definitely is. especially younger fans, don't know about. So that's my vote. Yeah. And also, what was it? Uh, in that game, oh my god, I forget the defenseman now. But didn't they kill a bat? Yeah, they killed a bat. I think it was Rick McLeish, wasn't it? Like he hit down a bat with a stick, and then somebody picked it up, and they like the joke was uh, somebody said, uh, "You're gonna get." rabies from doing that and the guy that picked up was like what's rabies or something <laughs> so it's like it's very very good hockey player stuff but uh i mean again it's something where it, it's t- i usually try to pick something out so people have like videos like there's there's video on youtube you know, like if you yeah i hope yeah i mean it might be a little bit hard going back i mean i could actually you know what i might do that i might end up doing that because that's definitely more significant than the shootout winner or the uh the no goal one and those '90s, like the playoff series back in the day, were, I mean, intense and everything. But there really aren't too many distinct memories so, I have. By the way, a, a Sabres forward, Jim Lorenz, raised his stick and flicked the bat out of the air, earning the nickname "Batman" from his teammates. And oh, then nice. Rick McLeish picked up the dead bat from the ice That's and dropped it, it into the penalty box. Okay. This from a uh, an NHL.com article from a uh, from John Kreiser. Okay. By the way, uh, real quick, Blackhawks Blues, 12.5 seconds left. Blues are down by a goal. None other than Craig Bruby is drawing up the play for the Blues to tie the game. Oh, baby. So um, I'll say one to one coming up here in a couple seconds. But yeah, Sabres not as bad as, uh, I mean, I think we mentioned it in the, the, the season preview. I, I think we talked about them not being the seller team that was going to end up at the bottom of the division again, you know, bottom of the conference, as terrible as they usually are. And, uh, Looks like they might potentially be a playoff team, which is uh, exciting because I want that rivalry to come back because I, I still hate I even hate them from the 2011 round, too. Oh, yeah. Screw them. Because, I mean, yeah, the Brian Miller complained about mass murder or something, so they can go to hell. Uh, Stan Lee passed away, which I put in the, in the outline here because of the – we talked about it a few months ago, but the – with Kurt, I believe the, um, the guardian project guardian yeah. series. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, so I, this is near and dear to my heart. Cause I'm a big comics nerd. I, I have always been a big Marvel fan in particular. And Stan Lee is like, this dude created everything. Like anything yeah. most people know about comic books is because of Stan Lee. And I'm in particular, like I've always been a big Spider-Man fan, always related to that nerdy introvert character. You might not know it from listening to a guy who does a weekly podcast, but uh, I was a very nerdy, introverted guy for much of my life. And it's always been something that got me through some hard times and somebody that I could relate to. And it's near and dear to my heart. And I, at Stanley, here's the thing. I, I'm sad he died, but at the same time, he died at the age of 95 and he lived a great friggin' life. He had some difficulties towards the end, but I mean, yeah. the guy created some amazing characters that have brought joy to millions of people and cameoed in a bunch of great Marvel movies and had a ton of fun along the way. So uh, if anything, I just want to celebrate Stan Lee's life. That, that guy had a great friggin' life except for, you know, some unfortunate situations towards the end with health and everything, but uh, 95 years old and just a legend, absolute legend, except for the guardian project, which, we dunked all over for good reason. That was really half-assed, but uh, yeah. Stanley, absolute man, rest in peace, and, and thank you for everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big 
comic book guy, but I know I know he's a you know had a pretty big hand in almost everything with uh, comic books and everything, and pretty much any like superhero you know of, he's, he's probably had a role in it. So, uh, and I know you're you were a big fan of him, so that's also why I wanted to throw it in there, I guess. Yeah, no, I was going to mention it if you didn't. So, yeah, <laughs> good. Um, who else? Oh. Ivan Kozarankov, who was a oh sorry, I just saw your head too. Um, Ivan Kozarankov was loaned to the San Jose Barracuda in the AHL this week. He had a uh, one goal in four games with the Worcester Railers, or yeah, I think they're, yeah, I think they said uh, who are the uh, Islanders ECHL affiliate. He was a camp trial for the Flyers last year, but they ended up making it. But I was a big fan of him uh, coming in the camp. I was hoping he would get signed. And then the last thing. Is Oscar's Bartula signed with the Kunlun Red Star in the KHL? Oh, baby! And uh, Steve, let's play. Uh, let's remember some guys. You ready? Here's the long, illustrious list of players currently with the Red Star. Laid on me. Uh, Barry Brust. Don't know. Victor Bartley, Mark Andre Gragani, Thomas Kondratik, Blake Parlett. Nothing so far. Taylor Beck, Justin Fontaine. Michael Lotta, Alexander Picard, oh. not the one, not the one you know though. Oh. Another one that played in the NHL though. He was the forward. There were two Alexander Picards in the NHL. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, it was real annoying because they were both pretty good when I used to do the around the league thing for the uh, for Flyers faithful, and I always had to separate them. It was a real pain in the ass. Um, Wolchek Wolski. Oh, okay. And then Brandon Yip. I knew the last three. Although I didn't really know one. <laughs> I uh, I remembered Thomas Kondratik was another guy, too, who never really – I only recognized him because there was a season where he just consistently went up and down between the NHL and AHL. And then Blake, Par- Blake Parlett, I didn't, I didn't know before that. But all these other guys were all, like, mediocre guys. for Like, Victor Bartlett. Bartley was with the Predators for a while, so was Taylor Beck. Justin Fontaine was with the Wild. Michael Lotto was with the Caps. Greg Gianni was actually with the Sabres, who we were just talking about. And then, uh, you know, Barry Brust. I don't know if he ever actually got to the NHL, but he was like the AHL goalie of the year a couple years back. So Michael Layton. Pretty much, yeah. And then he went to uh, the KHL. I mean, I got to say that that has the makings of a great KHL team. A bunch of guys you barely heard of in the NHL. <laughs> yeah, they... Probably tearing it up over there. Good to see Oscars getting out there and getting a paycheck. Uh, big fan yeah. of Oscars on Twitter, if that is Oscars, but I like to think it is. I hope I hope it is. Yeah, uh, if if it's not, that whole gimmick is ruined. I guess. Yeah, it, it better be real, upsetting. or else. Yeah. Craig and I are gonna come to your house with a lead pipe and scowl menacingly. That's right. With the Flyers may not fight, but the Flyers fans will. Sleep it at that. Oh, oh. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Criers, IMO. <laughs> Jonathan Criers. Anyway. Well, you know, Craig, it's it's a miracle. We're actually finishing at the time we generally start. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a... If this uh, episode feels a lot more energetic, it's because we didn't record in the middle of the night. It's because we're actually awake. I'm not falling asleep yeah. on my keyboard at the end. Wow. Yeah, but we we might need to do that. Wow, well, we might need to do this uh, more often. I guess I could uh, I make some time in before, my busy but... schedule to to do such things. Yeah, I, got a, I got a lot of stuff to do. I got a lot of laying around, taking naps after work. You know, 
You know, the the real tragedy here, Craig, is uh, we're not going to be able to stay up for Ducks Nights. Oh, uh, yeah. What a shame. Uh, although we're getting the start of uh, the robot guys banging the drums or whatever the fuck this Ooh, is. I love a good Vegas pregame. Yeah, they, they definitely don't overdo it. What I learned this week is that John Taffer, the John Taffer from Bar Rescue, <laughs> big Vegas Golden Knights fan. Oh, really? Yeah. I hope they just let him in the practice facility some days. <laughs> this power play stinks. This power play is terrible. It's an embarrassment. <laughs> Nate Schmidt, your best player. He's been gone for 20 games. You did nothing to keep him up. You traded for Patchy already. And what's he done? He just did the wrong. Not playing hockey. <laughs> Great job to have him. Thank you. I, I, I love I me think... a good bar rescue freak out. I think uh, I, I, I like I would when hope he, he just, just like gets in. so like just just pissed off with everybody. He's just like, what? Yeah. This is your father's life in your hands, <laughs> and you don't care. I just want him to uh, just go to a Golden Knights practice and see what's wrong, and then just not actually bring in hockey players, just still bring in like mixologists and bartenders. Be like, they were gonna correct your problem. <laughs> this woman was the number three bartender in TGI Friday's cocktail competition of the year. She'll tell you how to run a penalty kill. <laughs> oh, holy shit. Folks, if you oh, have they're any already feedback doing it. for us, if you have any feedback, the best place is on Twitter.com. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yeah, uh, and I should have something out about the CIBC Canada Russia series, which is a two week long uh, tournament for junior hockey. And uh, Morgan Frost and Isaac Ratliff, Ratcliffe are taking part in it. Uh, I know Maddie's going to talk a lot about, or I think, she, I believe she's going to have something out about uh, Frost and Ratcliffe during the tournament. And then I was going to talk about every uh, 2019. NHL draft pick in the tournament. So uh, look out for that on Friday. Ratcliffe, of course, being known to uh, most Flyers fans as that really tall guy they drafted. The super tall guy, yeah. Who, uh, again, I've uh, taken a a liking to more than the day they drafted him. Not a big fan of the day they drafted him, but he's grown on me. And that looks to be a pretty promising prospect right now. Wow. Wow. You can reach me. At Fly Purpley or at Esteban, but follow Fly Purpley for the hockey talk, please. Please. Let's get to a thousand, guys. Almost there. Yeah, we're getting close. We're getting close. We got to get to 900 first, but you know, a thousand's the goal. And then no more. <laughs> great if you just kept, eh, we got to get the 900 first. And to get the 900, we got to get the 800. And to get the 800, we got to get the 500. <laughs> we're just going to go backwards now. Yeah. Until we have zero followers. Twitter followers. That's the goal, ultimately. Uh, got to have goals. Uh, follow BSH Radio and Broad Street Hockey as well, like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook. All that fun stuff. Gang, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things. 
like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.